Hi, this is Josh, and you're listening to The Invitation. This is the final session of our summer retreat 2018, and in this episode, we focus on the spirituality of strength. If you've stumbled onto The Invitation podcast for the first time, praying with this episode will be good, but you'll gain more goodness by starting way back at the beginning with episode 23 that we published at the end of May. Sadly, I'm having to proceed in this episode without my friends who have been with me for the heart, mind, and soul discussions and prayers. School and fall rhythms have already set in for us, and one thing I've learned in spiritual formation is that it never helps to strain ourselves in prayer and in ministry. There are seasons for that, But the invitation is especially about rest and care of the soul. So I confess that I haven't had the strength to work on the calendar and to make another session happen with Stacy, Jen, Daniel, Aaron, Mitch, or John. But there's a big thanks to them for their spiritual friendship and their conversation thus far. So here at the beginning of September... My sense is that we might have a more graceful ending to the summer practices and a better transition into the fall if I simply offer you an extended long-format retreat for you to discern what loving God with all of your strength might mean for you. So this matter of striving that I'm mentioning, this is perhaps a good place for us to start our prayer. Loving God with all of our strength, here we must unlearn and relearn some things about what strength truly is. Loving God with our strength is and it is not like the strength that we learn from this world. This is where integration of our strength, that is, of our will that is expressed through our bodies in action, This is where integration of strength with our minds and our hearts is essential. If you recall, we considered being whole in the beginning of this summer retreat. In wholeness, our minds have begun to mentally conceive of a different kind of strength, a different kind of strength than what this world can offer or teach us. And then our minds become in tune with the kind of strength that Jesus possessed. To love God with our strength requires us to also desire to feel, to love with a different kind of boldness than the mean strength that the world has taught us. Strength comes not from our ego, not from our self-importance or our personal power, but instead from love. So here is a hint at where we're going in this retreat. Our greatest efforts to love God come from our capacity to surrender to our weaknesses. I hope by now that you have been able to settle yourself, to submit your strength to a season of rest, This here is our sacred practice of creating time and space for God. 
If you're working around the house or driving in a car, that is good and it is fine. The question is if you can shift your inner attention to a conversation with the Spirit while you work. Most of us, by necessity, need to learn to pray with open freedom right in the middle of our daily duties. This is one way that I'm hoping the podcast can be a gift to you in the middle of your life as it currently is. And this may be the focus of your prayer during this whole entire episode. How can I join my labor with an attentiveness to love? How can I love God right in the midst of what I'm doing with my hands and my back? This is the discipline most well ascribed to the Benedictines. Laborare est orare and orare est laborare. Work is prayer and prayer is work. This is one gift of physical labor that doesn't require an active use of our minds. While you lift, push, pull, move, clean, farm, cook, build, or repair, are you free to offer your thoughts, to offer your heart and your soul to the Spirit? The Benedictines are a good model of what strength spirituality is for us. And others participating may have found time and space to be quiet and in solitude for this prayer practice. And you may want to light a candle. You might want to grab a journal and burn some incense to do whatever helps you create a space that aids your awareness of love and to yield to rest. I invite you to calm your mind, to slow your breathing, and to allow yourself to be present right here, present to yourself, and present to the Holy Spirit. For this retreat, we will be moving away from our passage of Hosea 6 and to instead sink deeply into the message translation of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It reads, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed then from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you.
The focus question for loving God with our strength is, how can the love and truth of God become alive in my daily life? We are saying that strength spirituality is particularly a practiced or a practical faith. When a person of strength spirituality loves God, she is quick to ask, how can this truth be brought to life in and through me? How can this love be tasted and seen in my life? What tangible actions and regular behaviors will demonstrate that the kingdom of God is truly here on this earth? So how does that resonate with you? Do you find in yourself a holy restlessness to get things done, to put your elbow and your back into it? Do you get restless when others merely talk about God or feel feelings for God? You may be someone who might already have healthy daily spiritual practices. You have discipline and structure. Or on the other hand, you might not have good daily discipline, but you have a sense of urgency to please God by serving others in specific, concrete ways. You arrive early to church to set up, and you stay late to tear down and clean. You may have been on a mission trip or served in a soup kitchen. You think about matters of justice, and you especially care about the poor and even the care of the earth, water, the air, and the sustainability of animals. Are you a strength person? Or is the Spirit inviting you to consider stretching yourself into practices of loving God more tangibly with your strength, to move out of the heart and the mind, or even the mystical soul region, to get things done for Jesus. Our two goals for the summer were for you to have a chance to identify your own spirituality type and then to stretch beyond that type. So if you're a person who identifies as a strength person, if strength spirituality seems to make most sense to you throughout this conclusion to our summer retreat, the questions are, how can you further settle into strength spirituality? No doubt you have not exhausted all there is to discover about loving God with might. And what more does the Spirit have to teach you about being intentional, action-oriented, and about being a person who wants to build the kingdom of God. And further, how does your strength become whole when you stretch outside of yourself to pursue prayer practices of the heart and the mind and of the soul? And so we are asking... What are the limitations of strength spirituality when it's not integrated to heart, mind, and soul? Before I offer some brief teaching, let's return to Romans 12 and see what the Spirit will show you about your practice 
I invite you to consider what is your immediate sense of your strong love for God? What specifically, tangibly, does strength mean to you? This is a time when you might want to write journal reflections on these questions. If you're listening in a group, you may want to take time to journal and then pause the episode and have a discussion with each other. We return to Romans 12. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. What is the Spirit bringing into your mind about strength? And what is stirring in your inner being? What is stirring in your heart about strength, spirituality? What excites you? What scares you? Do you need to make a confession before you move on? In the Shema of Deuteronomy 6, We are instructed to love God with all of our might. Might in Hebrew is the word me'od. Me'od can be used as an adjective or an adverb. We are to love God greatly, exceedingly, diligently. To love God with our muchness. Here now we can perhaps better see the scope of the Shema in hindsight for the summer retreat. We bring our heart, mind, and soul to God with might, with strength, with our muchness. Deuteronomy 6 begins by offering the commands, the decrees, and laws of God 
Why? So that you may enjoy long life. So that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Why should we pursue love and muchness? Because it's to our benefit. This is the parable of the hidden treasure in the field. And when a man found it, he hid the treasure again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. This is good news. The instruction of the Shema was to love God with heart and soul exceedingly in every way. As a teenager, did you ever go crazy for a band? You bought the band's t-shirts, stickers, bumper stickers, posters, wristbands, bandanas, and then you doodled that band's logo on your notebooks and you knew the lyrics to all the songs. That is muchness. That's an example of giving your strength to something. The Shema instructs us to do this with our love for God, to integrate our love of God into every daily practice, to teach it to our children, to talk about the commands at home when we're walking along the road, praying or driving in cars, when we lie down to sleep and when we rise in the morning, to put the commandments of love on our forearms and our foreheads and to seal them above our door frames. And then God's blessed goodness will be your abundance. You will have houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. And then you will eat and you will be satisfied. That's the biblical picture of wholeness and holiness. The Shema is a commandment to love with our muchness, a muchness that spills over in abundant love. St. John of the Cross summarizes the strength necessary when he says, Where there is no love, Put love, and you will draw out love. In Matthew 11, Jesus says it this way, Come unto me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Reformed tradition will balk at the effort that is implied here. It will say that we cannot earn God's love through our strength. And that is right. So instead, we come with our weariness, in our weakness, in our hunger and desperation to surrender to love, to enter into Sabbath rest. And in this way, we join with the Spirit, working with strength to rest. In weakness, 
In surrender, we find divine strength so that we can, as Matthew 11 says, we can then put on the yoke of Jesus and learn from him. A yoke, it's a constraint of a beast of burden. A yoke holds the work animals in place together under the constraint of the master. When we put on the yoke of Jesus, he will teach us to love God with a different, a new, and otherworldly kind of power that is unlike any strength of this world. We have talked about contemplative prayer this past summer, the gift of sitting in surrender to the presence of God in silent trust. And it does take an act of strength to bring ourselves back to this place of surrender again and again and again. And in that surrender, we are, as John of the Cross suggests, we are inserting love so that we can then draw out love. So here's a glimpse at integration. A strength person is not naturally inclined to the sole practice of contemplation. A strength person by nature wants to get up and do and to go and to build. But let's prayerfully imagine here how the inclination of achievement, that inner drive to do something, that inner energy may also be directed toward our prayer, toward surrender. In strength, I'm feeling restless. I want to accomplish something. But I consider what would happen if I pointed that instinct of doing towards five minutes of silence and wordless prayer. And then I might spend a few minutes reflecting in my journal what was good about silence and what was difficult. Now imagine if I attended to this practice consistently for a month, the kind of effort of strength of will demonstrated through weakness. If I did this for a month of starting or ending my day with five minutes of silence and journal reflections, what then could I discover about myself? What could I see about my possibilities of prayer? What could grow? Can you see here that prayer, which is a surrender of self, prayer that often feels like a waste of time, here in this discipline, I'm not earning the love of God. I'm responding to it by practicing the presence of God. I'm joining the Spirit in the work of stretching my heart, my mind, and sinking deeper into my soul. With the Spirit, I'm building a better understanding of my soul as an interior castle where the divine love of God abides in abundance. The inclination to go and build the kingdom of God 
the desire to put tangible effort into love, this can be a holy, beautiful gift. However, consider what all that kingdom action becomes when it's not rooted in deeper prayer practices. What happens to an activist that can never rest? What happens to you when you go, 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 build, 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 do, do, and do without any rest? Take this time to talk to Jesus about the gift, the blessing, and the goodness of strength spirituality. And then talk to him also about the weaknesses. And we return to Romans 12 one last time. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Well-formed maturity, becoming integrated, becoming whole and holy. It's a transformation from the inside out. As the Spirit moves inside of you and takes up a greater tangible residency inside of you, you recognize what He wants from you, and you quickly respond. You've put love where there was no love. And now God is able to bring out the best from you, to draw love out from you. There is a well inside of you that you did not dig. There is new wine aging inside of you from a vineyard you did not plant. By surrendering in weakness, you are presenting your body, your strength, as a living sacrifice. You have opened yourself to the Spirit so that that well can be dug and that vineyard planted. 
Now when you step out to serve, to build, to create and do, you have refreshment to offer others. You have a well of living water to draw from in strength. You don't have to strain and exhaust yourself to be good and faithful. Goodness and faithfulness flow out of you abundantly. Let me tell you a story from the prison that illustrates how this strength can be made manifest. My friend Baby Boy has been in prison since 1972. He is medium height, a squat, stout man. There's something askew about his front teeth. I have not looked closely enough to recall right now if his teeth are just crooked or if he's missing a few. But Baby Boy is quick to smile and he's quick to sing with a dreamy soul gospel baritone. In facilitating group spiritual direction, it's important to create some space where we can laugh and have some fun with each other. So sometimes we ask Baby Boy for a song, and he'll stand up and belt one out. I'd lost track of Baby Boy. He was absent for a good six months, and I missed him like I miss each of the men that get shipped out to other facilities. The men are moved around from facility to facility without any heads up. And then at the end of last winter, I saw a baby boy across the prison yard while I was on my way out. He had grown a beard and he was wearing a stocking cap, so I didn't quite recognize him at first. He called out across the yard to me, Hey, Josh! And I shouted back, Baby boy, is that you? I miss you, brother. In the spring, baby boy returned to our Saturday prayer practices. He made his way right into the center of our group direction that morning. Latorius was in the middle serving as a spiritual director for that day. Baby boy sat with him as the directee, and he described for us a difficult night of prayer, wrestling with God about what to do with a couple of men on his cell block who were propositioning him sexually. I don't know the initial crime that got Baby Boy into prison in 1972, but I do know that Baby Boy is known as a fighter. He is a pugilist. So Baby Boy is explaining to us that he was wrestling with God about whether he should get violent with these two men. And he described for us the strain, the inner work of coming to a resolution of peace. He told of how he had approached the men the next day to say firmly, I'm not interested in you in that way. And you need to stop messing with me and stop messing with any of the other young guys on this cell block. And then he explained how he continued to make his physical presence known to these aggressors, just to remind them that he was watching, but watching with peace. Latorius then asked him, Baby boy, 
how did you know in your prayer that you should turn to peace with these guys? How did you talk to God about this? It was then that baby boy broke down into the tears that he is so prone to shed. And he explained that it was really the younger ones on the block that he was trying to protect. He wasn't so worried about himself. He just wanted these younger ones to be safe. And here we see baby boy's muchness. Every earthly lesson in strength that he had learned taught him to react to any threat with violence. In a prison, no less, the Spirit has been moving inside of him and healing him, teaching him another kind of strength, a strength manifest in patience and kindness. Baby boy like you and me is working to integrate peace and love into his everyday, ordinary life, his sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. A few weeks later, he and Latorius were talking about how they were both approaching Arians, the white supremacists in the yard, to talk with them calmly and peacefully. And then a few weeks after that, these two needed to confront some other prisoners who were a threat to a younger, weaker, thinner, white prisoner who had just arrived in the facility recently and joined our prayer practices. Strength for baby boy is becoming more and more a practice that in the prison is seen as weakness. as we bring this retreat to a close, let's pursue strength, our muchness by being practical and tangible. And in the spirit of the invitation, what is the spirit inviting you to this fall? What prayer practice can sustain your faith through the fall and then in through the winter? What can you add to your daily and weekly rhythms? So in terms of strength spirituality, where simply do you gather your strength? How are you stewarding that place of nourishment? Do you need more strength? Where will you find that strength? Do you need more sleep? Strength is connected to our guts and into our bodies, how our will is expressed through our muscles and bones. How are you caring for your body? Is your body poised, ready to worship, to pray, to go, and to serve? Or how is your body keeping you from loving God with all of your strength? 
How is your body helping you love God? Is the Spirit inviting you to attend to your eating habits so that you can direct more attention to prayer and service? Do you have a spiritual gift that has lay dormant? Do you need to ask someone to come and lay hands on you to pray over you that the Spirit might stir up your gifts to invigorate you to a love that will give more to others. In terms of embracing our weakness, have you ever tried to fast? Have you ever fasted not just from food, but also from noise? Or taken a fast from busyness? A fast from people to go into solitude? Are there tangible ways that you need to protect your inner strength so that you then have more to give each day when it's really needed? How can fasting help you surrender to submit your body as a living sacrifice? Is it perhaps time for you to step out in faith with more service to your neighbors, co-workers, Or even is it time for you to take a trip abroad to see God move amongst the poor? Now please be gentle with yourself as you also stretch yourself. Keep in mind that whatever the next step, you cannot proceed very far in any spiritual discipline by yourself. Each of us needs encouragement and consistent forgiveness when we fail in order to proceed. So could the next best thing for your fall be the gift of spiritual friendship? Do you need to find a brother or sister to pray with, to confess your sins to, to discuss spiritual things? What tangible things is the Spirit calling you to next in your pursuit of Jesus, that you would love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, with all of your muchness. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and for joining us in this experiment of a summer retreat. We've already gotten some great feedback from listeners across the world. And yes, we know these are long episodes. We are trying to create a real extended retreat experience for you. And so there is some patience and requisite discipline that's required to this. What do you think? Should we do this kind of practice again some other summer? What is it that we should keep? And what was unhelpful? What should we let go of? Your feedback is greatly appreciated. And it's also just great to hear from you. 
And now that the summer retreat has ended, we will officially be asking not just for your spiritual, but also your financial support. The invitation has functioned for two years now without any institutional or financial resources. This has been a season for me to learn, listen, practice, and to see both what I have a drive to keep doing in terms of making these audio productions and to see what kind of response there is and to see if it's obvious that the Spirit is in this. And with uh, some 40,000 listens in the space of these two years, it's uh, been a couple hundred new subscribers and there's a regular inflow of loving, affirming emails from you and others. This does seem like a good thing to keep working on. It's something worth praying about and to continue sharing. I honestly don't believe spiritual formation, spiritual direction, let alone this podcast, will ever be a barn burner. These things will always be somewhat under wraps, something that people only find when they have come to a place of pain and desperation in their lives where the Spirit is doing something new. And so what that really means is that those who really do find value in this, I need you to join with me in helping this grow. So the next level of discernment really is up to you over these next few months. I've been soliciting your prayers throughout the summer, inviting you to enter into discernment. If the invitation is helpful to you, and if you believe it can be helpful to others, then I sincerely ask for your spiritual friendship as well as your financial support. It is incredibly liberating to have a sense that the Holy Spirit has led me, that the Holy Spirit has led us to this place. It's faith-building to believe in something so dearly, so deeply, that I would bother here to say to you, you know, I believe God is doing something important through me and through this invitation Will you come along on this journey ahead and to support the invitation in tangible ways? So toward the end of October or early November, we will launch a Kickstarter campaign to provide for our capital budget. And I understand that the importance of Kickstarters is not so much about gathering the money, but it's an opportunity to ask people to stop, take a deeper look at what I am doing to get the word out, and to rally support. If you don't have much money to offer, but you do have a loud voice and or some persistence, and if you're internet, social media savvy, one gift that you can offer is for you to invite your people to pay attention to and to participate in the Kickstarter campaign. And then after the Kickstarter, I'll be searching for friends who will continue on as long-term supporters to help fund the operational budget. In the span of the next six months, I am looking for ways to meet directly with you and your people. I'm looking for persons who are interested in hosting me for an hour and a half conversation. It could perhaps be on a Sunday afternoon over coffee or an evening during the week. I'm imagining a group of no less than six, no more than 12 we could do some spiritual directionish type stuff, Lexio Divina, a group listening practice, some spiritual conversation. 
I'd tell a story or two about my experiences in the prison and then talk about the prison practices. So if you're somewhat near Holland, Michigan and are interested in learning more about hosting one of these gatherings, please email me. That's josh at invitationpodcast.org. And also, if you have not yet subscribed to The Invitation and are listening regularly, please get on the invitationpodcast.org site. You can find a button there to subscribe, and that way you'll get our regular updates and newsletters. And then, of course, please pray, pray, pray for the Spirit's inspiration and leading as The Invitation settles into being a not-for-profit. Again, as always, it's a tremendous honor. It is a gift to me to serve you as a spiritual director. I trust that you are here listening because you have tasted and seen something of Jesus. My prayer is that the Spirit will draw you in deep so that you can go and then offer these gifts of prayer and the hope of transformation to the people around you. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 5 that these days are evil. Some of us are feeling it especially dark right now in the midst of so many sex scandals that are revealed in and throughout the church, both Catholic and Protestant. A friend asked me at some point this summer, do you have any hope for the church? And when I see Jesus in the prison, changing and transforming men like baby boy, and when I know many of you are here with me hungering for more of Jesus in your life, then yes, I do have hope for the church. So it is a deep joy, a deep delight to serve you. And until next time, amen.